Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Wednesday, January 26, 2022. This is Wake Up with Ray G and we are already dying the comments well stop saying it then um good morning robert david Derek, joe jake chris robert mike israel we're just happy there's so many people we can't uh can't can't get to everybody but uh good morning we are uh we're excited today to chop it up with y'all jay rich is already making fun of me jay how you doing this morning I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, I'm repping the Boston jersey for my man, Big Poppy, first ballot Hall of Famer. You got the headphones on. I saw you rocking with Matt Kelly in this morning. I was like, so, Ray, like, now if you're going to be rocking the headphones, I need to know, like, back in the day when you were spinning records, what Get was your DJ name, here. bro? Like, I'm I got I, it's Q&A. It's Q&A day. So I got to know, are Listen. you are you DJ GQ? Are you Stop. Ray DJQ? Like, I just Stop. need to know. These are the questions that people want to know. Stop. So the thing is, and we, we always talk about quality on the show. <laughs> and every podcast or video that I look at, the hosts have headphones on for good reason. Like, you can hear better. You know your audio levels. And for the past, what, 106 episodes, you've just been coming out of the computer speaker and it's like hard to hear. And I'm wondering why I'm getting feedback issues all the time. And Matt was like, put on some damn headphones. And I'm like, all right. So I put the headphones on. I'm like, oh, yo, I can actually hear Jay. Like, it sounds cleaner. Um, yep. But no, I'm not a damn DJ. Get out of here. And uh, good morning to everybody. Wife is in the building. So let me. Did I mute myself? What? Oh, no. My messed up. See, man. now your head, you're talking about me and now your headphones are messing up. I'm good. I'm good. Everybody's in the building. They can hear me. Somebody said DJ Rage. I'm not going to rage today. Where's Alex at? Where the hell is Alex at? Get Alex in the building. Where's my dog Alex at? I'm not. The Cowboys lost. I'm not going to be upset. I, I wore this for Alex. This is I wore this jersey for Alex. This is the vintage throwback D-Jacks out of Cal. I, I tried to rep for the Eagles, man. You know, I tried to rep for, rep for the Eagles and our guy Alex. But anyway, we got Q&A today. Um, quite a bit of news out of the NFL. And yes, congratulations. You got the David Ortiz jersey on. Big Poppy, Hall of Famer. First ballot Hall of Famer. This is our city, right? That's what he said. After the, yes, uh, the tragedy in Boston, so that's dope, man. That uh, David Ortiz got in, but uh, Jay, let us uh, let us know what happened in the NFL yesterday. So one of the biggest pieces of news was that the Bears hired Ryan Pace. Oh no, I'm just kidding. It was it was actually Ryan Poles. It just made me laugh how similar these guys' names are. Yeah. Ryan Poles was the for former assistant director of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was you know making his videos, and he actually interviewed Jim Caldwell yesterday. So we'll see what happens with that. It seems like he's going to be actually the primary decision maker. 
you know, curious how some of these teams work. Sometimes they hire the coach first. Sometimes they hire the coach and the GM same time. The Bears obviously really liked what Ryan Poles did. And so they're going to let him have kind of that say in who ultimately becomes his coach and kind of his running mate for the Bears organization. So that to me is a little bit interesting. Young guy too. So we'll see kind of what he does in Chicago and kind of how he builds that roster. Byron Leftwich is going to be the head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, former player, uh, played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm curious to see how he fits in there. I'm sure the city loves it. Being a former player who used to play for that team, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how well it will fit with Trevor Lawrence because, again, we've only really seen him with Tom Brady. So how does he look with a quarterback who isn't the greatest of all time? Um, I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm, he runs a great offense, but I'm curious to see how he develops Trevor Lawrence. Then uh, Todd Bowles was brought into the Raiders organization on Thursday, or he's going to be brought in the Raiders organization on Thursday for an interview. Ray, I know you were talking about how you haven't heard much on the Raiders front, so they are making yeah. some moves, uh, trying to bring in Todd Bowles. And then uh, Brian Dable had a second interview with the Giants. He's the only coach so far to have a second interview. And then the biggest news, obviously, Sean Payton stepping away from football, 16 right. years in New Orleans, one Super Bowl title. Plenty of amazing teams. Uh, one of them, probably my favorite offensive minds in all of football. Yeah. Second most tenured coach in the NFL next to Bill Belichick. Uh, it's unfortunate to see that he's stepping away. A lot of people are now speculating, you know, is he going to go to Dallas? What's his next move? It seems like he's going to be on TV this year. He said he's not going to coach in 2022. But 2023, seems like all bets are off and he could maybe be on the move. Uh, there's lots of rumors, you know, reported. I saw one rumor saying that he was going to leave in 2019 to go to Dallas. But because Anthony Davis left, they wouldn't, like the owner would not let Sean Payton leave as well. It would have been just too much because they obviously own both teams. And Mickey Loomis was talking about how he couldn't have two of those moves under wait, his wait, belt in one AD, year. The the NBA player? Yes. Like Anthony Davis? Because they, okay. own, they own both teams, right? And so mm. it's like a hit to the one organization, but they mm. couldn't have hits to both, right? And yeah. so it's it, it's just a lot of rumors swirling around. But again, it's, it's more so that Jerry was going to make a move for Sean Payton in 2019. Um, right. But yeah, Sean Payton, you know, like I said, and I've said this on this show multiple times, he's one of my favorite coaches. I want him to be coaching a rookie quarterback doesn't look, look like that's going to be the case right now, but maybe uh, in the future, we'll see what happens. Man, it's a lot of stuff, man. Thank you for that. Um, <clears throat> you know, Byron Leftwich, let's just real quick, because I want to get to as many questions as possible today. Byron Leftwich in Jacksonville. My immediate thought is culture guy, um, you know, been around a winning program, won a Super Bowl, worked with the greatest quarterback in NFL history. You know, yep. as much as players learn from coaches, coaches also learn from from players. And I know Byron Leftwich learned from Tom Brady, which can only mean better things for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, when you're talking about mm -hmm. offensive philosophy, um, I, I'll say this. Jacksonville, they have some pieces on offense that I think if utilized better can give us a lot more return in fantasy. And I know an, immediately – People think LaVisca Chenault. People think my mind is going to DJ Chark and going to Travis Etienne. You know what I mean? Like, I think those two, and if you go back, not last year, but the year before, I think Chark was like, he had like 900 receiving yards on the season um, in a bad offense with Doug Marone. He comes back healthy. You get Travis Etienne back. We see what Leonard Fournette is doing, not necessarily between the tackles, but in the receiving game. And Travis Etienne yeah. is more explosive uh, I, 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 he's just a better running back, in my opinion, even though we haven't seen him in the NFL, than Leonard Fournette is right now at this stage of his career. Like, I want him. 
I, I, that, that is one of the buys that I'm trying to acquire. When you're talking about a, a running back that from day one can step into, you know, he, he can be a top 10 back next season. You know, with the volume, Jacksonville is still probably going to be a bad team. You have to assume that with Leftwich at head coach, just I'm, I'm just assuming a lot of assumptions here. He's going to make good draft decisions. He's not going to take a running back in round one. He's going to do everything possible to build up his young quarterback. And the good thing is he doesn't have to go find that. And we've talked about it on the show. As bad as T-Law was last year, I you were of the sense like you're not giving him a mulligan, which is fine. Even if we don't give him a mulligan, I don't think he's as bad as he was last year. I, I do not. I refuse yeah. to believe he is as bad of a football player as we saw last season. And we saw him actually play really well last game of the season versus the Colts, I believe it was. So I'm excited about mm-hmm. this hire. Um, you know, there's also some news floating around that the Denver Broncos, that Aaron Rodgers wants to reunite with Devontae Adams. In De- there's so much stuff. We don't have enough time to talk yeah. about Rodgers. But apparently he said, you know, he, he got on the McAfee show and he's talking about, like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. There's no rebuild. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a decision by the tagline. If if you're if you're Denver, uh, what if you're Green Bay? What incentive do you have to like move your two best players? Like it just it seems like I, I guess what's the return? I guess you would get like two yeah. first round picks, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant in return, and then you send Aaron Rodgers yeah. and Devontae Adams to Green Bay. I mean to to Denver. I just I don't know what the incentive is to package those two for their benefit. I I, I don't know. Um, but what it looks like is he's not going to be back in Green Bay. He said he has no interest in like uh, I I don't know what Rodgers. I don't think anybody knows what Aaron Rodgers wants <laughs> to do. Um, I said this yesterday on Twitter, man. With all these head coaching vacancies and the names that are being floated around to be the yeah. head coaches for these teams. It's a scary time for us in fantasy thinking about who these offensive play callers are going to be um, for these teams. Like, you look at New Orleans right now, I don't know what to think about Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas. Like, you just have no clue because you don't know who's yeah. going to be at the helm. You don't know what to think about uh, what's going to happen in Oakland. What's uh, Not Oakland, Las Vegas. What's going to happen in, in Mi- Minnesota doesn't have a damn head coach. You know what I mean? Like, there, yep. there are so many fantasy megastars that are going to be impacted by these coaches. And I know a lot of times we like to say, oh, the coaches don't matter. Look at Jacksonville and tell me coaches don't matter. <laughs> Look at when 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 these when these teams get competent play callers, how it affects these players to the positive. So it's just something to monitor. Um I I, I don't want to re- overreact one way or the other, but it's just interesting to see how many of these teams, man, like what, now seven NFL teams still without a head coach and they're still searching and At least, it affects yeah. the scouting process, right? Like right now, your scouting department should be gearing up for the draft. The draft is in three months, dude. It's, it's January's yeah. over. February, March, April. Draft is in three months. 90-something days the draft. And these teams don't have their scouting departments in place because new GM, new scouting department, new head coach, new team philosophy – this is we'll get to this in the Q&A um, because I see some questions about rankings and, and we'll get into that. But just interesting news across the NFL front. But um, let's get it popping. Jay, what are the, what do people want to talk about? So first question, and we get this a lot from a lot of people, is where are you at with Chris Godwin? We talked about it a bit last week, but um, this question in particular was, do you think he's worth a mid 22 first? 
a mid twenty two. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I would, I would do that. You still would twenty, still twenty five years old. Yeah, I'd take Chris Godwin. Um, I was in a league, my home league last night, and he was moved for a random twenty twenty three first. Um, last night, straight up, Godwin for twenty twenty three first. Still in on him. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen in Tampa Bay. I think we have just saw the beginning of the exodus in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, you know, with By- Byron Leftwich leaving, it's sounding more and more like Tom Brady. Did you see his quote where he talked about Kobe Bryant? Rest in peace, uh, KB. Did you see his quote where he was like, you know, we no. think we're going to be here forever. We think we're going to play oh, forever. Oh. Um, and we really just don't know. And we've got to appreciate the moment. Like he tweeted this out, uh, or it was a quote whether it's from his TB12 website, podcast, yeah. but he basically like was talking about like, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not going to play forever. I, I need to start thinking about what matters most. Um, mm-hmm. More and more it goes on, man. It sounds like I don't know what's going to happen with Brady, but I know he said he didn't want some retirement tour, any of that stuff. So um, we'll see. We may have saw our last pass from Tom Brady. I, I, I mean, none of us know, but uh, yes, I'm still in on Chris Godwin. Sorry. Would you trade Josh Allen for the 102 and Kyle Pitts? Wait, would I what? Trade Josh Allen for the 102 and Kyle Pitts. No. no. I don't think so either. I no, think that's just too much. Not. No, absolutely I, I think I Josh Allen's that. just way, yeah, way too good. Not. Yeah, absolutely. Now, next question. Tyler Algier said he can run a 4-4. If mm-hmm. he does run a four four, maybe even let's say he runs a four four five, okay. where would that change his ranking for you in the class? Would that move the needle okay. at all if he actually did run in the four fours? So I saw this question, and I think this is uh, this is a good time to talk about this real quick. And I talked about Perfect. it with uh, I explained it a little bit with Matt Kelly on his show yesterday. So right now, what I do as far as my rankings, and this is a new thing that I've done so far. You ever notice when people like outside of with data driven rankings, right? Just people who watch the film and they give rankings, they just give the rankings, right? Like, oh, he's good in yeah. this area. He's ranked RB1. I don't do that anymore. Um, with my with my patrons, over 700 strong, uh, a part of the squad, I, at this stage of the process, I don't have all this information. I don't know draft capital. I don't know how big they are, how fast they're going to run. I am scoring them, and I caught the T-score, based solely off of their tape. That's it. And I think that's a good thing to do because I want to. I just want to be able to rank these guys based on the merit. How good are they on the field, period, right? And then once more information comes out, we get to the combine, we figure out if they're athletic or not, if they, if they have the requisite size, and if they get the requisite draft capital later on, I will adjust, but I'll never change what I scored them as as football players, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes when we do that, again, I've talked about this multiple times, you get the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire situation. Scoring him, he was RB6, gets drafted as the first running back to Kansas City, a player that I thought was inferior at every level than Jonathan Taylor, than DeAndre Swift, than Cam Makers, than J.K. Dobbins. I just moved him up. Like I want to have my foundational ranking set to where I'm like, this is a good player, right? This dude is a baller. And if as long as he gets the requisite draft capital, day one, day two, I'm not moving him. Like, I'm trusting what I see on tape. I'm not I'm not worried about what system he lands in. I'm not worried about any of that shit. Like, he's a good player. This is who I want. So, for me, 
I, I'm watching Tyler Algier, and I've, I've scored him appropriately based on, I think, his home run speed and the ability to break the long run. I see it on tape. I don't know if he, he reported 4.39. I don't know if he's 4.4 flat or 4.52, but at 220 pounds, even if he runs a 4.55, that speed score is going to be ridiculous, Ooh. the size-adjusted speed, yep. and he's not going to change for me. So right now, like if I pull up my T score, I think I have him as RB5 or 6, Jay. I think I have his RB5 or 6, so if he runs 4-4, he won't shift a lot for me because he's already pretty damn high. Um, let me just tell you real quick. I'm pulling it up. Tyler Algier is... Let's see, because I want to give you all the real deal. Holyfield, 1, 2, 3. He's RB5 right now. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. I got him ranked 5th. A, a, a hair above Jerome Ford. So if he runs 4-4, <clears throat> won't change much. Um, it'll just confirm what I already thought and I saw on tape, and it'll make me feel really good that I know what I'm doing. All right. All right. I like it. And, I, and I'm with you. You know, it's you have your T-scores, and then you may make some minor adjustments within the tiers based on athleticism, but you don't want to be jumping tiers, uh, especially one or two tiers after a simple thing like a combine. Um, another question that we had is about Almira St. Brown and are you trading him and what are you trading him for if you're trading him or I guess more so the expected return. It's a very difficult question right now. Um, I think the easy answer is somewhere between a late first and a mid first is what you should expect. But I feel like you should be wanting more for the production that he had. But there's a lot of people saying, you know, it's a one year wonder type thing. People were hurt. Yeah, I don't buy people it. don't know what to expect next year. Yeah, I don't um, buy it. it seems Matt like you're in, though. Matt Kelly agrees too. Um, I mean, really? what you, yeah, he was like, dude, injury or not, he got the targets. He earned routes. Yep. Are, uh, I think it was um, Jacob, uh, I can't remember his last name. He said, routes are given, targets are earned. And Matt Kelly yep. was on this too, right? Here are some trades involving Amon Ross St. Brown. And I just looked at the ones with Amon, Rob, Amon Ross St. Brown straight up. Amon Ross St. Brown for Jerry Judy, straight up. St. Brown for Pat Fryermuth, St. Brown for Josh Jacobs, St. Brown for Cole Komet, St. Brown for DJ Moore, St. Brown for 2022 second. So just some context around what people are selling them for. The only trade that I would accept uh, of these is probably DJ Moore, and that's it. Um, yeah. You, you got to tell me what I'm getting in return for him. I think he's good, man, and it's not some uncommon feat that a third and fourth rounder can become the alpha in an offense. We see this shit happen, you know, year after year in the NFL. Detroit's got the number two overall pick. They're not going to take a wide receiver. Maybe they take a wide receiver at 28, 29, wherever that second first rounder is, but it could be an offensive lineman. It could be a quarterback, depending on how they fall. If they don't take a first round wide receiver, um, TJ Hawkinson, Amin Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, they may take a, they're going to take another one at some point. But he's a veteran, right? Like, he's earned those targets. He's earned those looks. Everybody has a price. Everybody has a cost. I will trade anybody, even the great Josh Allen himself. I wouldn't trade him for Kyle Pitts in the 102. Um, but it just depends on what I'm getting. But based on what I've seen, um, according to DLF's uh, trade finder, I'm not trading him for Fryermuth. I'm not trading him for Josh Jacobs or Cole Komet or 2022 second or Jerry Judy. Like, I... I I'm not doing it. I'd rather have Amon Ross St. Brown, the player that I saw Dan Campbell work with. And you know Dan Campbell's coming back. And you know Jared Goff is coming back. Yep. And there's chemistry and rapport there. I still want him, man. I think he's a good player. I liked him. I liked him coming out of college. I think I had him as a wide receiver five in the 2021 yeah. NFL draft class. So I'm a big fan. I like him. 
Okay, perfect. And then I wanted to touch on uh, Shopping Chaff's comment. He was asking about Tyler Algier's ADP in our database. Uh, right now, he's 24.8, but these are over mocks over several months, but he's been rising a lot, probably ever yeah. since you did that film session on him, Ray. He's been in the top 20 for the last three mocks we've done. Uh, so just some kind of context there. He is rising, and I think he will continue to rise because there's a lot of things to like about Tyler Algier. Uh, mm -hmm. So the next question is ideal landing spots for wide receivers in this draft class. Some, what are some of the spots that you really like that you think could be potentially good fits for any wide receiver? Or if you have specific fits in mind, uh, feel free to share those as well. Uh, uh, right off the bat, uh, what, what popped up, uh, the Raiders seemed like a good fit uh, yeah. with Derek Carr. They need a wide receiver. I'm, I, I'm looking at what he's doing with Zay Jones and thinking if that were, you know, <laughs> You know, one of the high-level recruit uh, prospects in this class. I think Philadelphia. They also need a wide receiver from an NFL team fit. Don't like it so much for fantasy. Um, if one of my favorite players, Drake London, lands there, I think it's going to be an awesome team fit for Philadelphia, the NFL team, and it could be damning for him in fantasy. I just don't think the volume is there. Uh, you look at Arizona, seems like they need a wide receiver with Kyler Murray. DeAndre Hopkins is getting older. A.J. Green probably not back. Uh, Christian Kirk, a free agent, if they don't bring him back. And Rondell Moore, um, not the type of alpha wide receiver that we want and expect. Of course, the New England Patriots with Mac Jones. I think that is uh, – they need they need a go-get-it type guy. Uh, they need desperately a go-get-it type wide receiver. Um, you know, Kansas City, we say this every year – they, I still think they, they need to start thinking about, and it's not so much of what this receiver is going to do next season with Patrick Mahomes, but Tyreek Hill hitting that AJ Pex, Travis Kelsey getting a little bit older. You see them strategically working Noah Gray in. So if you can go get Noah yeah. Gray on the low right now, I think that's a savvy dynasty move. Um, but those are some of the teams in the Miami Dolphins with uh, Tua or whomever is going to be at quarterback. Uh, they cannot go in with Preston Williams and Albert Wilson and Devontae Parker next year. They need somebody opposite Jalen Waddle, take some pressure off of him, take some pressure off of Tua. And there's no talk about Mike Gusecki being re-signed in Miami. So that's another dynamic mm -hmm. pass-catching weapon that may de be devoid of, a, 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 of that offense. So they also need to think about it. And, of course – uh, you know, say what you want about Baker Mayfield, Cleveland, they need a pass catcher. Does that need to happen in round one? Maybe not, but they need to get another weapon. They cannot go out there with Jarvis Landry, who's pushing 30, and Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz and Demetric Felton. They cannot do that again. So I think those are just some good landing spots, but I really think uh, some special spots, uh, alpha wide receiver to grow with Mac Jones would be awesome in New England. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that we know the spots we don't want guys to go. And then from there, it's just hoping they land in a situation that works best for their skill set. Um, another question that we've got a lot, you know, it revolves around head coaches and kind of are there coaches and hirings that would get you excited for fantasy purposes? Um, the mention was obviously Leftwich going to Jacksonville. And does that affect your dynasty view? For me, it doesn't really. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think you can really know what to expect. You know, if, if you're going to make moves like that, that's how you end up bumping Mitch Trubisky way up your rankings because he's with Nagy and you know those yeah. small little moves that we really can't predict overall it's it's all information to a puzzle right it's all yeah. what we're trying to do we have a we have a canvas we have a blank canvas and when you get the data that is your outline right now you know what you're drawing right you look at the film 
and that throws in some color onto the campus. So now you've got some color to your drawings. And then you get the, the coaching scheme and philosophy, and that gets your background, and you, you smooth that up. And then you get, you know, a, a good GM or a good coordinator, and there's your frame, right? Like we're using every little bit of information to paint the most complete picture possible. So while I think getting a competent coach gives you confidence in maybe competent moves. Like, and I said it from day one, the moment Jacksonville hired Urban Meyer, go check the tweets. What did I say? I was like, this is going to be an absolute disaster. This is going to be a train wreck. He's going to leave to take the USC head coaching job. And all that shit started to come to fruition for a little bit. It was a train wreck. It was a disaster. The head coaching job at USC opens up. So I, I don't know how much it's going to impact, you know, my decision for individual players in fantasy, but when they hire, you know, coaches that have shown a track record of winning and building a competent franchise, at least it will give me, like, it's, just say, for instance, Urban Meyer came back to Jacksonville, I was out. Like, Urban Meyer back in Jacksonville, I don't want any of them. Like, I just don't, I'm not going to take that landmine trap. If somebody falls and it's an extreme screaming value, I'll take them. Um, but I, I'm just looking for competent coaching hires. Like, if the Houston Texans, hire Josh McCown, maybe he turns out to be a good coach. Maybe. But there's no evidence of who he is, what he's done. Yep. So I'm just looking at those situations like, man, I, I, I may I may wait a little bit longer on Houston Texans players, right? You you hire a guy who's coached high school and you 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 ask him to lead an NFL franchise. So I, I don't want to get into like the players and how it, how it affects those guys, but just from – a culture philosophy fit. That's kind of how I view it. So not much. It's it's like the frame. It's like the frame. So we have someone with asking a question about their roster. They have the 101 and the 102 in this draft class, and they're wondering if they should be looking at you know wide receivers, looking at running backs, or if maybe you'd be potentially try and trade those picks for veteran talent. Uh, you know, this is a really broad question. It really depends yeah. on what kind of team you have and where you're at. Like you're trying to be competitive. So yes, veteran talent is probably the way to go. But over the long term, you still want to have those young stud assets that can still rise in value. Um, but if you have the 101, 102, what are you probably targeting? Let's assume you have an OK team looking to be competitive next year. And again, uh, I, I, I encourage you guys to check out the hour and the two hour and 45 minute Mind of Mansion show that uh, the Podfather and I did yesterday. But we kind of talked about this and he said this is probably going to be the first time. He said even with Jamar Chase, he didn't have a wide receiver ranked inside his top, you know, two, three in rookie drafts. And he said this year it's looking like Traylon Burks is pretty much a lock to be top three, right? Would I take Burks 101? It dep it really depends on your roster. Like, ideally, no. You want to you want to load up on the running backs early. Um, I think we, as you and I, Jay, uh, the patrons for the most part, and I know Matt Kelly. I'm not taking a quarterback that high. Like, I, there's no quarterback yeah. I could take in the top four this year in Superflex. I can't do it. Um, it so it would either be the running backs, Hall, Spiller, whomever you like. And then Trey Long would probably be coming off right there at 103 for me. I would take him over uh, uh, Walker and Kyron. Uh, but the the optimal play is always to trade back, right? When you've got yeah. three or four really talented running backs or talented running backs, when you've got four or five super talented wide receivers, the optimal play is if, if I had 101 and 102, I'd try to move the 101 keep 102, and then I'd pivot back, you know, to the middle of the first, yeah. maybe pick up some 2023 picks. But that's always the ideal play. Um, 
And if you just have to make a selection, uh, take a running back. Take take your top running back and Burks. Get the two most talented players at their respective positions, and you'll be happy. No, I agree. And it's just about working those tiers, right? If you have the tiers, you never want to get the top player in a tier. You want to find someone in the middle or towards the end. Now, another question we have is about well, the this, Seattle. Let, well, let me hit, let me hit Lindsey Mack real quick. Reggie, would you take London over Walker at this point? Yeah, you would. Pre-NFL draft, probably. Uh, post, yeah, we I'd see. Probably, though. Probably. Honestly, probably. All right, sorry. Seattle. So, yeah, so Seattle's backfield. And so the question is basically, what do you think happens with Chris Carson with the emergence of Rashad Penny? Is Pete or Carroll do you think the, anything happens Pete, with Rashad is Pete, Penny? Is Pete Carroll still the coach? I mean, he, he probably would have been it, fired no, already. No, just so. ask, ask me, is Pete Carroll still the coach? Is Pete Carroll still the coach? He is still the coach. Okay, then that he find me somebody that loves Chris Carson more than Pete Carroll. He's he's gonna it's gonna be a two bag it's gonna be a two tandem backfield unless they do something with either of those guys. He loves Chris Carson. Yeah. He's loved him even when they drafted Rashad Penny early. The the, the sixth seventh rounder out of Oklahoma State, Chris yeah. Carson kept finding his way on the field. And Pete Carroll's already said we expect him to be back and running the ball for us. He's gonna be he's gonna be back there. I don't want any Chris Carson. If I had Chris Carson, I'd be selling him. I think this is your last gasp opportunity this season to get off of Chris Carson for any type of value. Uh, just those type of he's already banged up. He's not an elusive runner. His game is predicated yep. on smashing you in the face. And because of that, he is always banged up. When he's on the field, he's awesome. But at what's Chris Carson? 27, 27 years old. Gotta going be. on 27, 28. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a little bit of a mess. And it's Pete Carroll, and they don't know what they're doing, and the offensive line isn't good, the defense isn't good. It's just just a bad situation in Seattle. So I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I can promise you this. If Chris Carson is healthy, day one, he is going to get a lot of work because Pete Carroll loves Chris Carson like no other. All right, another question for you is, what are the prospects do you think people are too high on and what are the ones people are sleeping on? You said what? Do those prospects exist right now? Are there prospects that you you think the community, the consensus is too high on, and then who do you think the community is too low on? They're trying to get some free game here. You know, go sign up with Patreon. Yeah, they're trying to get some free game, but I'll give them a taste. I think people are way too high on James Cook and way too low on Jerome Ford. Um, James Cook, I keep talking about it. Super scheme dependent, man. Like, he's not going to be... He ain't carrying no ball no 10, 15 times a game. That's just not his style. That's not his game. You're, you're truly banking on him catching a whole bunch of passes and being that pass-catching weapon. And I'm telling you right now, if you blow on James Cook, he's going to fall down every single time. He's not breaking any tackles. I think he's got good burst and good speed. It's not great. He's nothing like his brother. He's nothing like Dalvin Cook. Yeah. <laughs> but people will pay a premium because his last name is Cook, and he is Dalvin's brother. I think people are a little bit too high on him, and I think people are a little bit low on Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford, at 220 pounds, uh, the dude ran 10-5 in the 100-meter dash, verified, at 218 pounds, which, for those of y'all, that's absolutely flying, 10-5 in the 100. He's the fastest back in this class. I think he's 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 going to run 4-4 and potentially sub-4-4 at 215, 220 pounds. Um, and he has the pedigree, right? He was at Alabama, so we know he was a highly touted recruit. 
He didn't want to take the Brian Robinson approach and wait until he was 35 to get an opportunity to carry the ball. He said, I'm out of here. Um, I know we got a lot of running backs. They're talented. I'm going to go to Cincinnati. And in one year, he balled out. I really, really like Jerome Ford. Um, I think he's got a unique skill set. And the things that he's deficient at, he makes up with because he's got incredible acceleration, burst, pretty good contact balance. Vision is okay in the scheme that Cincinnati runs. I think people are a little low on Jerome Ford. But once the Senior Bowl happens, because they'll be there, and then once the NFL Combine happens, I think people will start to pick up steam on uh, Jerome Ford. Really like Ford, man. So Brett was asking in the comments, what do you do with players that everyone says to sell but no one wants to buy from you, right? You see this a lot out, out there in the fantasy community. One day, it's like, sell this guy. And everybody's tweeting about selling a player and saying they're overrated. So what do you do with those guys? Do you sell them on the cheap or would you hold them hoping they retain value? Obviously, this really depends on the player. But you do see this a lot in the fantasy community. Just like one day, it's like, we're going to just crap on this guy. And all of a sudden, their dynasty value is in the shitter. Yo, your best bet is to stay off of social media and and <laughs> tap in, like honestly, tap into people who know what they're doing. Tap in to the Grand Barfields, the Scott Barretts, um, the the Roto Underworld team uh, with with Kelly and Larky and, uh, and 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 the Future Cast show, the new Future Cast show that Cody runs. Tap into what we're doing. Tap into people who are actually. What I've learned, man, is my dynasty gaming, fantasy gaming, sports betting experience is enhanced when I don't listen to everybody just throwing shit at a wall, man. And I think that's like, what are we doing this for, right? Like, sell this guy, sell, 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 buy, buy. But no one's telling you what to do it for. You know, me and Scott kind of have this conversation all the time. If you're going to tell somebody to sell, what are you selling? What do you want in return? What are you getting? And for me, one of the things that I pride myself on, man, when I tell people, go out and get Amon Ross St. Brown, don't sell him, trade, I go do it. And then on the trade show, I, the, what do I start my, the trade shows off with? Me, deals that I made. The same players that I'm telling you to go get, I'm showing you what I paid for in order to acquire a Kyle Pitts. What I've done, uh, what I've given up to move a CD Lamb. Like, everybody just says a bunch of stuff, man, but it's, I do it. Not for you, Jay, not for me, but for the people who listen to me, right? It's, it, it, I think a lot of people just say shit for them. Like, they want the recognition, right? They want the ride. They want to be known as, like, I'm not doing it for me, man. Like, I do it for the people who, who tap in every day. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to give information to everybody that watches or listening, listens to us. That way they can go make their own decisions, man. And I think a lot of times people are just, they just do it so they can get the clicks and the engagement. Man, I could care less about any of that, man. People are going to tap into me regardless. I don't have to do that at this point, man. I'm doing it for everybody that's consuming our content to give, like, actionable advice, not just hot takes, man. Like, if somebody's t if the next time somebody tells you to sell or buy a player, your follow-up question should be, for what? Okay, for what? Yep. What did you sell or trade them for? What did you go buy for? What did you sell Armin Ross St. Brown for? You tell me. You're telling me I've got this player on my roster and I need to get rid of him? What am I getting rid of him for? Give me some actionable information that I can go try to tactful, tactfully deploy um, in my dynasty leagues. Like, don't just accept sell. And then I see people do that, and then they go make a dumbass trade. Sell Jamar Chase. And then they post something <laughs> in the chat. Oh, man, I, I traded him for Michael Pittman in a 2024 fourth rounder. I did what you said. And then the response from the person that told the guy to sell is, woof, that was a bad deal. Bro, 
The next time somebody tells y'all to sell or buy, your, your follow-up question be, should be for what? And can you show me some examples of some trades that you've seen involving this player that you've done yourself? Or, you know what I'm like, give me an example, man. So, it's just crazy, man. Crazy. All right, so what are your thoughts on Kadarius Toney uh, heading into 2022? You know, a player that was very divisive this season. We saw some very short-lived flashes. We think Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback. I guess we don't really know that. It, the quarterback situation is in shambles right now. The <laughs> offensive coordinator play caller is in shambles, unless maybe Dable goes there and somehow no, fixes got, all that. Ben, but like, what do we do? do? Big, big no, Matt Ben is in Carolina. He's in Carolina. You said Kadarius Tony. Oh yeah, he is in Carolina. Shit, he was the head coach in the Giants. You're right. Excuse you. Yeah, right. he was. <laughs> Let me step back. You got it. You you right, big dog. You got it. You got you set it up. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Go so ahead. so, what do we do with Tony? Because from a value standpoint, dude's got very little value. I I honestly think that depending on where he goes in drafts, he has to be a buy. Like. Still a first-round pick, still saw the flashes. If somehow everything goes right, maybe he gets some value back and you can move him. But I don't know if I would be actively trading for him. I think it's more of in a startup, I would be considering him depending on how late he goes. And that's kind of where I'm at with Tony right now. I, it, it just depends on what you get him for. But I don't even think I would trade. Would you trade a second for him? And I, I don't know, really necessarily know if I would do that. It's. I would trade a second for Tony. I look at the Giants, man, and I just wonder. Like, I truly wonder, and I've I, I've never played anywhere close to NFL football. I played Division Two in Divi one double. It was called one double A at the time. Um, FCS now football. So I, but there were times where like I knew I'd, I'm gonna come back next year. So then we were just like, I don't give a shit. Like we'll we'll be back next year. Like we'll be better next year. And you kind of. It's not right. I wish, like, when I look back at my life, I'm like, I wish I would have took that stuff more serious. But I just wonder if some of those players are like, yo, this team is god-awful. We suck. Yeah. Like, I'm not going out. I'm already hurt. Like, I'm not yeah. going out there, right? Like, business decision. And I know that sounds not for the love of the game, but, like, some of those cats really think like that. Like, dude, we're, we're terrible. I'm not going out there with Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon <laughs> to get my ankle broke again. Like, it just it, when Kadarius Tony was on the field, there was a point in time where his value was after that Dallas game, dude. I tried to get yeah. him for first, late first. Nobody was nope, trading Kadarius Tony. No, rejected immediately. You couldn't get him for a first round pick. So I think now his value's fallen so low that if if all it took was a mid second, and we're doing these mocks, Jay, mid second, you're looking at like. You're looking at it's Rashad White, it's Algier, yeah. it's it's Brian Robinson, uh, you know, like it's Wandell Robinson. I'd rather have Kadarius Tony over those guys. So if that's all it's going to take me, or maybe uh, you know uh, uh, he's a throw-in in a bigger deal, absolutely, I'm in on Tony where he's at. He's still young. We saw when he gets the ball, he's crazy good when they can get him the damn yeah. ball. Um, so I think he's from where I think is he got way too inflated, like way too overpriced because of the high the highlight plays, the stop start ability. To now he's like super undervalued. So I'm still in on Kadarius Tony, and you know how much I love Rondell Moore. And and Kelly asked me this yesterday: Rondell Moore or Kadarius Tony moving forward? The answer is Kadarius Tony. I'd rather take the guy yeah. who's actually commanding air yards, who's actually running a route further than the line of scrimmage. Um, and who's got that dynamism and that playmaking ability? I'm in on Kadarius Tony, man. Just at cost, like who cares? It, it doesn't cost you much. A second, sure. 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. And and it's important to point out too that like that that was his cost pre-draft. So you're literally just getting him for the same cost he cost pre-draft and you've actually seen him do something in the NFL now. And then so another question is why are NFL teams trying to interview and hire head coaches without a GM in place? Shouldn't it be the other way around? We saw that work out well in Jacksonville last year. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like a company hiring employees and then finding a manager. Like I'm going to hire yeah. all the employees and then we'll find a manager to figure out the direction. We're going to hire everybody, and then we'll find a CEO of the company. It seems backwards, right? Um, yeah. I don't know, man. These are supposed to be the best and brightest minds in the football world. And sometimes you look around, and I literally say, Matt Bruning from Campus to Canton can do a better job than these people, man. This is um, – I don't get it. I don't get it. It seems like you – the Bears are doing it right. They hired Ryan Pohl, right? Yes. I want to say Ryan Pace. And then Pulled, as yeah. soon as they hired him, he's like, I'm conducting the head coaching interviews. Like, I'm doing these final ones. Like, I, me solely, I'm interviewing yes. uh, Dan Quinn and uh, whomever else is the other finalist. Like, yeah. Yes, yes, I'm the GM. We've got to work it, because it's a partnership, man. Like, the head coach yeah. and GM need to be in lockstep. GM, their job, find Like, pe- do people understand? And I, 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 I don't want to sound... Uh, mansplaining or or like the GM's job is res- their responsibility is putting the pieces in place for the coach to coach right like the head coach yes they have say in player personnel moves but their job is to coach the team GM's job is to build that team manager general manager of the team they need to be in lockstep with one another if you if you hire a head coach and his offensive philosophy is run and gun uh, we're running a 3-4 defense. I hired a 3-4 defensive coordinator. And then you hire a GM where his background is no, you know, I'm a West Coast offense guy. I grew up in the West Coast system. You've, you're you already starting off clashing, right? And now you're trying yeah. to, well, what players can fit his scheme, but that's not really what I do. At least if yep. you, you hire your GM, have your GM sitting with your coach, you can kind of vet that situation out to make sure the synergies align. And if they don't, then you go a different direction. I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, don't really have a good answer for you, but that's that's you know it is what it that's is. Football, man. yeah. So the people are looking for more free game, and they want to know what's the best resource for all twenty-two college and NFL film. There's a and bunch where do you now. get it? I mean, there's a bunch now. To be honest with you, um, I know uh, FTM Fantasy, um, the the FF Astronauts do a lot of stuff, um, and you could subscribe to get their stuff. Dynasty Nerds, if you're a member um, of their Nerd Herd group, they do all kinds of cutups, man. And those cutups include all 22 and broadcast film. Um, you know, in with my Patreon, we every Wednesday we do a film session, and um, like yep. tonight we're going through Brian Robinson. Tonight, there's a lot of different places out there um, that have those resources. But the FF Astronauts, um, Dynasty Nerds, if you're looking for all 22 film, honestly, you you have a better chance of uh, like people people have to sell their soul um, to get that film because it's not like coaches exchange that film. They're never gonna like publicly like sell it and broadcast it um so i would check out those two resources or uh come be a part of the squad and you can check everything out because we do it already all right so quick question for you is james washington worth a stash for next year (laughs) i couldn't believe my eyes when i saw this sure Next sure (laughs) really you're giving a sure that's i mean better than i expected it's james what what is it what, what 
Sure. I mean, sure. I, don't know. I mean, I've got Byron Pringle on some dynasty rosters. Sure, he's sure. worth a stash, but no, man. Come on, man. It's James Washington, bro. What are we doing? What are we? Joey doing? Crack. We got to that already. So scroll. Go check out earlier in the show. We talked about. Amara yeah, St. yeah. Brown. We uh, we we uh, we went over Joey Crack. Uh, we we went over some trades. I'm trying to be. Alex has me so scared now. Um, I just want to just be nice to everybody. But we went through that earlier, and we went through like some trades involving Amon Ross St. Brown. So just go back in the episode and check it out because we went through the whole kind of Amon Ross St. Brown thing about like 25 minutes ago, bro. Appreciate it, though. Michael Carter or CEH in Dynasty? And, and where are you at? Because we got to talk about Clyde because every year it's just what we got to do. But are we taking Michael Carter and his broken tackle rate, his elusive rating, his yard per carry. Are we going with the plotter, Mr. CEH, king of no touchdowns? What are we doing, Ray? Michael Carter, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Dynasty Outlook. Who do you like more? My dog and is Alex, in here. And I love. gotta tell him, I wore this for you, Alex. It's DJX, Cal Jersey. I wore this for you today. Uh welcome, baby. Um, it's Michael Carter. I, I, uh, Kelly asked me this yesterday. Did did y'all just watch the Minor Mansion show and just just pull the damn questions that me and Kelly talked about? He asked me Devin Singletary or Clyde Edwards Elaine. Oh God! The the fact the fact that we're at that point oh where it's where it's Singletary versus Motor. Clyde just shows you how is that not the worst from what we end up having to pay. For Clyde, whether you took him what he went one on one or one on two, y'all don't want to admit it. He went either he before Jonathan Taylor or right after JT, which means he went before Swift, before Acres, before Doc. Is that not the worst rookie draft first round blunder? Like top three in oh easy in the past. Think about it, there's people who probably there's probably people who took him above Burrow. Yes, right. Yes, there's probably people who yes. took him above Burrow. But and, Burrow, and then Herbert, Herbert, Swift, Taylor. Acres, Dobbins. <laughs> you probably took him over all those guys. Oh, let's not forget Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb. Like, CD Lamb. <laughs> he Brandon might Ayuk be even probably has more dynasty value. He might be the worst top three rookie draft pick of all time. The well, thing don't is, don't say that because don't forget about Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry was he's one of the worst, like by far. But CH is up there. But we shouldn't have been taking wide receivers that high in the first place in 2019. But neither here nor there. No, the reason why Clyde is worse is because what you passed up to get Clyde. You passed up Nikhil Harry. If you took Nikhil Harry, you missed out on Miles Sanders, David Montgomery. I mean, AJ Brown. Josh Jacobs, I think, was in there too. Josh Jacobs, AJ Brown. DK Metcalf. You passed up Taylor, Swift, Burrow, Herbert. It's, It's the worst it's the worst early rookie draft pick in the past decade. Um, but <laughs> as far as Clyde and these guys, here's the thing. Clyde was still a first-round pick, and they still want to use him. I'd take Michael Carter. I would probably take Michael Carter over CEH at this point in time. It's just, even when he broke loose in that game versus Buffalo, he looks so slow. <laughs> he looks so slow, man. I don't know. Maybe he's not healthy. <sighs> That LSU team, you could have picked anybody else off that team and you would have been good money and you took Clyde and you just, you're left holding the bag, man. 
And the crazy thing about Clyde, I always talk about this, is his very first NFL game where he went for like 150 and six, 156. Against the Patriots, wasn't it? Versus, was it the Patriots or the Texans? It was it was one of those teams. Oh, yeah. Because he hit the open field, made the open the, the, the cut, and then scored a touchdown. I vividly remember doing podcasts, Jay, where people were offering CMC for Clyde straight <laughs> up and getting rejected. Like people were like, nope. Clyde over Christian McCaffrey. He hit 150 yards in his first game. You saw the explosiveness. He's with Kansas City, and it's just been downhill from that game. I'd rather have. I'd rather have. I'd rather. It's close. I'd rather have Carter though. But go ahead, man. All right, I got a four pack of wide receivers for you. And four pack. The question is, who do you think is overvalued, and you and this uh, owner should trade away? It's Ceedee Lamb, AJ Brown, T Higgins, and Calvin Ridley. Which of those are overvalued and you should trade away? So I always thought yeah. who has the most value is A.J. Brown, and I'm not trading probably. him away. Uh, C.D. Lamb, probably the second most value. Yeah, probably. Probably. And then T. Higgins. I mean, Ridley, I, I don't think he's a trade yet because you're not going to get what Ridley probably deserves, so you'd be selling probably at a discount. So the the, yeah. the answer would be between Lamb and Higgins. And if I were going to sell one of them, it would be Higgins because I think what he's doing in the playoffs and the where the community is valuing him, you can get the most return at this point for Higgins. Maybe some people will say, no, it's CeeDee Lamb. For whatever reason, people are nervous about CeeDee Lamb. I'm not. Like, he's somebody yeah. I'm actually trying to go get. So if you're talking value and I'm okay with losing, it would be T. Higgins because I think – especially what he did last week, potentially what's going to happen. They get another game. What's going to happen this Sunday. Um, I think T Higgins would be the one that you can get the most return for like right now at this stage. And the fact that he is valued as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver, um, because yeah. no matter how good he is, he is the number two to Jamar chase. Like no matter how good he is, he's the number two to Jamar chase. Uh, so that would be the one of those four that I would trade away. Wait until Ridley finds a new home. And then his value yeah. will spike. And then if you're telling Skyrocket. me we do this question when 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 Calvin Ridley goes to the Patriots, when Calvin Ridley goes to uh, insert team, right? Uh, I'm just throwing out hypotheticals here. Green Bay brings back Rodgers and Adams, and they bring in Calvin Ridley. Then he'll get the value spike, and then you can move him. But right now, um, it would be it would be T Higgins. And if I were selling T Higgins, because I don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> If I were selling T. Higgins, I either want to tear down at the wide receiver position, so I'd be looking for like a Rashad Bateman plus, an Elijah Moore plus, which I think you can get. I think you can get Elijah Moore plus, you know, uh, uh, would you do Elijah Moore in the 201 for T. Higgins? Would you do that? No, Elijah I don't Moore, think so, man. Okay, Elijah Moore I in 2023 first. Elijah Moore in 2023 first for T. I'd do that. I think I'd want, I think I'd want more. I would do that. I love I Elijah Moore, but Higgins is Higgins Rashad, is good. Like Rashad, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not good. Rashad Bateman in a 2023 first or T Higgins? Oh hell no! I'm not taking Rashad Bateman. Not for Higgins. No? It's like okay. all production for none of the production. I don't. Okay. I'm not. I I'm probably not going to trade for Rashad Bateman at all this year. Yeah, I would not do um, a 2023 first straight up for CD and Elijah no, Moore in a 2023 first. I would do it. I would do it. All right, we got one more, right? Or two more. Yeah, no, I want to know. I want to know. We could talk about Mike Williams um, as our last Mike question. Williams. You don't want to talk about Mike Williams? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Well, what what do you want to what do you you want to do with Mike Williams? 
because of his first half, second half splits right now, and and where are you at with him going forward? Can he be a consistent wide receiver? Will he always be this boom bust guy who has his moments, can do the spectacular, is injured sometimes, but ultimately has that really high ceiling in a, in a wide receiver? What do I always say, man? A leopard doesn't change his spots, right? Stripes. Does a leopard have stripes or spots? Stripes. Leopard can't. Leopards have spots, but you say that you, a leopard can't change his stripes. I think a leopard has stripes. A leopard? That's a tiger. <laughs> a tiger has stripes. A leopard has spots. I thought, okay, all right. Whatever. We Mike Williams is year six, seven in the NFL. That's who he is. I got. Uh, He's, I, I think he's always going to be a boom-bust type player. What do you do with them? Like, what do you trade? And this is my question. What are you trading them for? Like, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody has given up a first-round pick for Mike Williams. So if you're telling me it's a second-rounder for Mike Williams, I'd rather keep Mike, man. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather those boom-bust spike weeks over a second-round pick. No one's giving you a 2023 first for Mike Williams. Um, I, I think you just got to hold him. Like, you got to hold him or use those players where you can't – here's my philosophy. If you can't get what you want one-for-one for, one for a player, then I automatically think about what can I package up Mike Williams with to get something more, right? Mike Williams plus Josh Jacobs. Can that go get me T. Higgins plus? Can Mike Williams yeah. and Michael Carter get me the, 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 the 102 and a 2023 first? Like I'm just throwing shit out there. Like if I can't get what I want one-for-one – then I'm I'm automatically saying he's a he's a piece to something else. So if I can package Mike Williams and Kareem Hunt together, let's go Mike Williams and Kareem Hunt to go get the devalued Saquon Barkley to go get um, you know the 103 and a 2023 first, the 103 and Elijah Moore in the 2023 second, like I, I'm immediately trying to package those guys up. That's the way my dynasty mind thinks. Like. I want to see what I can get one for one. Let me see if I can do that or a two for one deal, tear down, get draft capital. And if I can't, which I don't think you can with Mike Williams, I don't think anybody's trading the first for him, then he's a package part. And I'm going to look for something else that's aging and old. And I'm going to try to move James Conner and Mike Williams and try to get younger. And I don't care if it looks like the trade calculator says I lost. I'm getting off of those assets that are depreciating by the moment, and I'm trying to get a little bit younger. I'm trying to, uh, you know what I mean? Like, you can probably do Mike Williams and Kareem Hunt and get, I know it sounds weird, but like Ramondre Stevenson plus picks. You know what I mean? You can get Rashad Bateman, Ramondre Stevenson, and a 2023 second or, or a 2023 first or something like that. Like, however your package, you know your leagues, that's the type of stuff that I'm trying to do. Yeah, I feel that, man. And that's that's pretty much it. I don't know if you got, if you got any more questions that you're seeing in the comments that you want to roll through. Um, no, I that just was, I've been corrected. Good, I, I've been corrected. A tiger has stripes. A leopard definitely has spots. Excuse me, everybody. Everybody is is letting me know. GQ, uh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to your animal anatomy. Last question, Joey Crack. Since we couldn't do yours, what are we doing with Eno Benjamin? Get the hell out of here, Joey. And he put LOL at the end of it, so I, I ain't being mean to him. But nah, there we go. There we go. Good stuff. Good stuff. Trade uh, Q&A Wednesdays. Uh, tomorrow, we are going to take a look at Isaiah Spiller. We're going to get into Isaiah Spiller tape. And Joe said, it doesn't matter what we say. She said, it doesn't matter what we show. He's got small calves, so she's out. So the calf corollary <laughs> with Isaiah Spiller. Y'all have a wonderful day. Thumbs up. 
comments. Thank y'all for engaging. Love it. This is what we want. Continue to submit those questions. Uh, we'll be back to talk about Isaiah Spiller tomorrow. Alex, you have a good day, baby. DJX, we'll see y'all tomorrow. We out. Peace.